Oh, I guess here we go. Oh my God, we're on. Hello, welcome to Peace, Love, and Soup. We're Brian live. Delaney. <laughs> Top of your last name, Fache? Fache. And then actually Drake is my oh. official last name. Fache was mine, but now I have my husband's. And I'm actually Brian Joseph Patrick Delaney, just Gi- so you know. Wait, Joseph Patrick. <laughs> is you have two middle names or is it Joseph hyphen Patrick? Well, being raised a good East Coast Catholic boy, yes. um, you always get the confirmation name. Oh, right. So and Joseph and Patrick was what you chose? Correct. Oh, Patrick. So Brian, Joseph Patrick yeah. Delaney. Yes. From Boston County originally. Cork. South of Boston, but yes. But I don't have the accent. My parents do. Um, hmm. I moved as a child. The accent sort of got squashed. Mm-hmm. And some people will say I sound Canadian, actually. And also because you're so nice, they just assume <laughs> you're Canadian. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> I'll go with nice for 1,000, please. It's true. So I recall we were at the coffee station here at Kebu, and you came up with this great idea for let's just make a program about soup because we both love soup. Right. Weren't you saying you aren't a big cook, but then you were making soup that weekend? And I said, I love soup. And you said, I love soup. (laughs) We were like, wow, anybody who thinks they can't cook could certainly cook soup. And it's so nourishing. And if you don't like cooking, you can refrigerate it and you have meal after meal after meal. That's true. You can heat it up and put (laughs) it in a thermos for your child, as I do for lunch. And for me, it's a comfort food. And there's so many different types of soup. So that's when we said, hey, what about, I forgot which one of us even said, let's do a podcast about soup, probably jokingly. And then the other one of us said, yes, let's do it. We're doing it. And then it was official. (laughs) Welcome to Peace, Love, and Soup. We're going to be bringing you soup podcasts, one per month, dealing with different types of soup, maybe history and politics of where they came from. And Tave, I might add that we intend to feature special soups for special occasions throughout the year. We're going to be talking about how we make the soup, the nutrition value, and how much it costs. Some on-location recording as well. A guest visitor. And in addition to that, music. Drum roll, please. Tave, would you like to tell the audience what soup we chose for our first podcast? Black-eyed peas and collard green soup, bringing for you love, prosperity, wealth, and luck in the new year. So sit back, relax, and get hungry. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Soup. Peace and love through conversation and nourishment. So black-eyed peas, I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Mali in West Africa, and black-eyed peas, which they call show, were a big thing in the diet there. Uh, there were also jokes about it, you know, oh, you're a bean eater. Oh, if your last really? name's Kulabali, you're a bean eater. Oh. But do they have it as a soup or they mash it like into like a hummusy type thing? It would just be more of like um, a big pot of beans, but mm-hmm. because they are a little more starchy, and it's not a paste, but they wouldn't be individual beans, like how if you had a bunch of kidney beans and they all fall apart, or black beans with broth, not like that. More of like they've all been cooked. They're still their own little pea, but they're part of a conglomeration, okay. a little bit sticky. With and other vegetables? They would cook them with some oil, usually some other sort of spices, and onions. And they have these small dogon onions, uh, really potent little onions. They're about the size of a head of garlic, and they're grown up in the north of Mali where they don't really have any dirt, and so they transport dirt from down on the ground all the way up these cliffs to where the Dogon villages are. And they make these little rock beds 
put the dirt in there and then grow these onions. So because there's only like two inches of dirt, the onions are only going to get so big. But again, then they're watering them and that makes them, you know, really potent. Sort of like a a true baby carrot would have a lot more flavor than a large carrot. And what is this onion called? Uh, Dogon Dogon. onions for the Dogon people. Can you get them at New Seasons? Plug, plug. (laughs) I I don't think you can. I'll tell you what. Um... They're amazing little onions. The Dogon people are fascinating, too. Anyone who wants to look that up should. Educate us, then, if you don't mind. Well, in West Africa, Mali is a landlocked country north of Ivory Coast and east of Senegal. And they eat many different things that we typically don't eat here. Millet, uh, millet mash. Oh, I do, too. Um, They make it into this pasty stuff called toe. It looks like Mm. a Play-Doh. And a lot of people don't care for it, but... I love it. But then beans are another big staple. So if they say beans, they mean black-eyed peas, often cooked with dogon onions and oil. And if you're lucky enough to live next to a herding family, the Fula tribe, uh, the Fulani people, then you have access to fresh butter and milk. And so often people will take the fresh butter and drizzle it over the black-eyed peas. And it's so delicious with those dogon onions. Mmm. That's that. That's what I know about. And that. how did you find yourself there? You just volunteered for Peace Corps. And... I did. I was a film student at mm-hmm. USC years ago. Let's see, it was second to my last semester. I took an anthropology film class, and there was a lot of really wonderful stuff. Obviously, not Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Shot out in very remote areas, and I thought, oh my gosh, I would love to go and do something like that. And someone said, oh, you should go to Peace Corps. And I phoned up and I said, oh, I'd love to take photos for your brochures or help make, um, you know, small films for you, uh, promotional films. And they said, Tavi, that's lovely, but we pay like actual (laughs) companies to do that. If you want to be a volunteer and maybe garden, we can see about getting you in. So I applied and was accepted. Uh, right chance. from film school when it ended. Yeah, as soon as I finished film school, I had my application in. It's a very long process. You have to be fingerprinted. Mm-hmm. You have all of your background checked, copious interviews. They interview a number of people that know you. I guess about maybe 10% of the people that apply get in. And I was fortunate enough to get in, and I'm sure I would have been happy going anywhere, but I had hoped to go to Africa. And it seemed like a great place to be able to visit and experience as if you were living there for real, not just a tourist. And I spoke French. And so as luck would have it, I was put in Mali, which is uh, French-speaking West Africa. Um, But I still had to learn Bambara, which is the language. It's like a trade language. Do you still recall some words? Oh, yeah, I do. Do you want to try a little Bambara? Yeah, I could say, Iniche, which is hello. Iniche, ikakene. How are you? Iniche, ikakene, Brian Delaney. Isomagobedi, which is how's your family? Very well, thank you. (laughs) So greetings are really important in Mali. Let's listen to this track by Umu Sangre. She's a Malian singer who's singing about the importance of keeping Malian culture, such as hospitality, alive. Like most foods, black-eyed peas are prepared differently around the world. In Egypt, they like to cook it with onions and garlic, meat and tomato, then serve it over rice. In the Caribbean, 
They mash their black eyed peas, add salt and pepper, and then fry it. In Vietnam, they prepare their black eyed peas as a sweet dessert with sticky rice and coconut milk. And then here in the good old US of A, in Texas, they marinate their black eyed peas with vinegar, garlic, and serve it cold, and it's called Texas caviar. And in the southern states, a dish called Hop and John is made with black eyed peas, onions, bacon, and rice. Yum. Let's call my friend Julia Goodman, an artist living in San Francisco who was originally from the South. Wait, was Julia the one who introduced yeah. you to Black Eyed Peas and the concept of love and prosperity? She continues to carry on the tradition every New Year, cooking and eating Black Eyed Peas. And collard greens. And collard greens. Hi there. Julie, great. Thanks so much for agreeing to be interviewed and being with us today. Good to meet you. Hi. I'm just going to jump right in and say that you are my inspiration. And then I sold it to Tave in like 10 seconds. She was like, yeah, let's do it. To start our soup podcast with black eyed pea soup. Now, I know you didn't prepare black eyed pea soup, but when you did your tradition that New Year's in Brooklyn some five years ago, I was blown away. I, I had no idea that... This is a Southern tradition. Could you please explain that more? Was that the first time you had had black eyed peas on New Year's? Yes. I was like, what are you talking about? Why are you spending all of New Year's Eve cooking? Wow. Please explain. Okay. <laughs> Tell us all about it, Julia. Um, okay. So I don't make black eyed pea soup, but I do make black eyed peas. And I'm originally from the South. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm also, I should say, kind of superstitious. Whenever there's an opportunity to do something that might bring good luck, I try to do it. So, for example, like my mom, whenever she gave me a wallet, she put three pennies in it. My grandfather, my grandpa Irving, used to give us $2 bills all the time, which I've only spent one in my entire life. Wait, you you only spent one of the the $2 bills he gave you? Yeah, it was an emergency. So the $2 bill says to bring good luck. And so for our wedding, actually, my husband and I, as a thank you gift to everybody, gave $2 bills to everybody with a heart stamped on them. Anyway, so growing up in the South, I was raised with the tradition of eating black-eyed peas and collard greens. Mm -hmm. on New Year's Day. Yum. I should say I'm also Jewish. I don't do the traditional black-eyed pea with ham hock. It's like a piece of the pork that some people cook their beans with to give it like a meaty, stewy taste. Gotcha. Yeah, it's sort of like if you go to a Mexican restaurant and the refried beans have lard on them and they taste really good. Gotcha, Um, but being Jewish, you don't put the pork in, obviously. Yeah, Um, so I don't put the pork in. So I just, I don't, I've just done it forever. And, you know, it kind of, even like with the Jewish New Year, you're supposed to eat apples and honey for it to be like a healthy and sweet and full New Year. So I'm just, I'm used to eating special foods on special days. I like that idea. Hey, get your own um, podcast. And, We're talking soup here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, so I've always eaten black-eyed peas and also collard greens, but the vegetarian version. And then the other thing is, like, I also cook collard greens really differently, which is I just pan-fry them with onions, and they're generally still green. It's not like that deep southern, like, vinegary. The greens are no longer green. They're more like army brown green kind of thing. 
Because the green, um, the collar greens symbolize money, right? Yeah. So the okay. black eyed peas are supposed to bring prosperity and the collard greens are supposed to bring like good fortune. I think I, I looked it up and I think I even read somewhere that they say for like every bite of collard greens, you get a thousand dollars that year. I don't know where that came what? from. But <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I like to start off the year on a good start. I'm going to be eating start. a lot of collard greens this year. Or do you have to eat but them just on the first? On New Year's Day. I think oh. it's only on New Year's Day that it counts. Okay. All right. You know, you can cheat and buy a can of black eyed peas. I don't think there's anything wrong with cheating. And then just add them to anything. There are some, like, soup recipes, but they're also really good on top of salads or, you know, mixed in the way you would mix in, you know, like chickpeas or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's like a whole story of like why that came about. And I guess there's actually a few possible stories. Oh, you are talking legend now? Well, no, wait, Julia, would you mind telling us these, uh, this background information on the whys and the legends? I can try. Oh, I forgot. Go back. So you can cheat and buy the canned black-eyed peas. There's nothing wrong with that. Or what you can do is on the night before New Year's Day, which would be New Year's Eve, you can um, soak your black-eyed peas, like the hard ones yep. that come in the bag, or you can buy them in bulk and soak your black-eyed peas in water overnight. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is add salt and pepper and lemon juice and rosemary, different things in the water, so that as the beans are hydrating and absorbing the, the water, they kind of pull the flavor in with them. And then when you go to cook them the next day, when you go to kind of bring them to a boil and let them cook for a while, it, it doesn't take nearly as long to cook them. So those are some cooking tips for black-eyed peas. Oh, thank you. Um, and then the stories, did you want me to tell those? Yes, I want to hear those stories. Your One quick question. Your prep method for your black-eyed peas, do you toss your water out before you do the actual I cooking switch, and then put new water in? Yes, I switch the water out and I put in sprigs of rosemary with mine. Mm. Shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> All right. So this is just so delicious. And then I like it with the sautéed collard. I do the onions and actually Michael, my husband's really good. He'll do onions and throw in some crushed walnuts mm. and then the um, collard greens sliced thin. And cook that all up and then serve the black-eyed peas on top of the collard greens and mix in like a crumbly cheese with it. Delish. Um, So, Brian, I've got an idea here. I think for our soup, we're going to do the beans the way Julia's mentioned, Mm -hmm. and we will do the delicious sounding preparation method for those collard greens. And we will put those maybe as a garnish on top of the soup or mix them through and then make like a collard green pesto with the walnuts in it and scoop that on top, perhaps, with a little sprinkling of cheese. You can come for dinner. Yeah, I'd like to suggest the um, ricotta salada or like uh, crumbled feta. Yum. Okay. You're hearing it first, people. Yes. Soup soup and tell. So, Julia, go ahead and... Plow forward with those legends and background history. We'd love to hear what you know of this because, you know, we all have heard different things and some of us have heard nothing. So enlighten us, please. One of the stories was that when the Civil War was wrapping up, as Union soldiers were moving through the South, they were taking all of the food supplies that they could. And the only things that they left behind were black-eyed peas and ham hocks because they thought they were not suitable for human mm-hmm. consumption. Mm-hmm. They associated that as more for, like, animal feed. Mm-hmm. So that was really, like, the most readily available food that people had after the Union soldiers cleared out. 
The Black Eyed Peas. And the Ham Hocks. And the Ham Hocks. Okay. Yeah. Which is why the Confederates associate it with being lucky, right? Because they were left food for the winter. Yeah. Gotcha. That's the main story I've heard, and I can't remember the other one now. I actually Googled it, and I'll share the other legend. Basically, the symbolization of emancipation for the African Americans. Hmm. And I guess we're officially freed on New Year's Day. Brian and I were talking. I had been a Peace Corps volunteer in Mali in West Africa, and black-eyed peas are something that are are eaten regularly there. And so my assumption, having done no research, is that they were brought over from West Africa to the South. You are correct. So really then hearing about how they became lucky and all of that pertaining to slavery is like doubly interesting Mm -hmm. um, and poignant. Yeah, Mm -hmm. my understanding is that the black-eyed peas can't handle frost, so they only grow in warm places. Something else I saw, different colors of the black-eyed peas. Have you heard about this? Oh, yeah, there's one with a purple center, right? Right, yeah. They were saying, especially in the South, um, they have a a variety of them, not just the typical ones that we know with the black eye. I I would not doubt that at Mm -hmm. all. I guess they're probably a little harder to find, mm-hmm. but next time I go home, I'll keep my eye open. Please do. please. Do you, and you know what uh, the name of the common variety of black eye pea is? It's called the California black eye. Oh, really? the white ones with the black California eye? California black eye. Huh. Oh. And then there's a flower. It's called the black-eyed Susan. What? Wait but, a minute. A black-eyed Susan is the flower from a black-eyed pea? No, it's oh. not. I'm just saying there's uh, also the black-eyed <laughs> Susan. Gotcha. Julia, could you please give us your website so that our listeners can investigate a little more and see the beautiful art that you make? Is this my self-promotion? This is self-promotional. You're you're allowed to do that. J.A. Goodman, like Julia Ann Goodman, J.A. Goodman. Dot com. Well, we'll say goodbye, but we also want to wish you a very fortunate and prosperous new year. And thank you for the inspiration and being available to talk with us today. I'm honored. And I just want to wish you guys the best of luck with your new um, podcast. You guys sound like you make a great team. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your stories. And a part of this podcast also is just a way to have more community with people from different parts of the U.S., maybe even different parts of the world, community together around the table or vicariously around food, but over the internet or the radio. So thanks so much. Peace, Love, and Soup is out of the studio and in the kitchen. We are cooking our first soup together as we get to know each other better as well. Have a listen. I'm ladling it. Uh, So I think it's going to be good. I took a pound of beans, which is about three cups of the black-eyed peas, and I put about eight to ten cups of water, um, the juice of one lemon, and also the juice of a clementine. And then I threw the peels of the clementine in, a couple of uh, cloves of garlic, a couple bay leaves, some peppercorns, and just, you know, a bunch of, like, ground-up mountain salt. They look like a fancy like Christmas cocktail, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. It smelled really nice the next morning, but it did soak up a lot of it. So I did that last night, just let it soak until we were ready to go. So it soaked up a lot of the water, and we drained it out, rinsed them, threw the peels away, and then we had also made up that broth. You made your own broth. So I was inspired by you saying, let's make vegan broth, and... Also, since Julia had said she was a vegetarian, and I thought, well, I know how to make a vegetable broth. So for this vegetarian broth, I scrubbed six potatoes and six carrots. I peeled them. I took those peels and added about 
eight cups of water, put it all in a crock pot overnight. And I also took the celery bottoms and celery tops, um, the bottoms and tops and the cores of two onions. And so nothing got thrown away? Nothing. Perfect. And I even added two cloves of garlic that I had crushed and thrown in there with some skins on even. It was really the stuff you would normally just pitch out. Yeah. And I added some more salt to that and just let it cook all night. You could also do it on the stove in a couple of hours, mm -hmm. but then you strain out all of the solids and just throw them away and then put our beans in. Mm -hmm. We put the black eyed peas in. So we cooked those for about an hour, then got the consistency we wanted. We have a good ratio of broth to vegetables, the carrots are tender. And uh, we took those greens uh, that we had cooked up and braised the way Julie had mentioned. We crushed a couple of cloves of garlic, put them in a cast iron skillet with some olive oil, yep. sauteed those up with the, um, with the collard greens, braised that, and then we just added the to the soup. Do you want to hear how it I sounds? I want to hear ladle that again. Now that is the perfect consistency. And so we braised our greens. We made this vegetarian broth in honor of Julia. Also taking Julia's idea of the braised greens with the walnuts, mm -hmm. we did not add the walnuts to the greens in the soup, but we made a collard green pesto. So we took some about a cup of the collard greens, about a quarter cup of um, the walnuts that you did such a nice job of. <laughs> Browning. Yeah, they were delicious. <laughs> it, it really pulled out all that extra flavor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you did a good job. And a couple cloves of garlic and about a quarter cup of parsley, fresh Italian parsley. Threw it in the food processor and just put olive oil in until it sort of clumped together. Mm -hmm. We're going to put it on top. It'll be a nice dollop. And then the surprise was the chevre, the goat oh. cheese that I made. This is the easiest thing in the world. You will impress all of your friends. If you can get goat milk, raw, fresh goat milk is best, but any kind of goat milk will do. Um, you can take it and just set it out on your counter. You don't have to cook it first, you do nothing to it. So what I did is I had gone to People's Food Co-op. I bought um, half a gallon of raw, local sourced goat milk and set it on the counter. And a few days later, it had separated. And so then you have like your curds and whey if you will, and then I just covered a bowl. You could cover it with cheesecloth. I just covered it with a napkin, uh, not a paper napkin, but a cloth napkin, um, and then sort of made a well in the middle of it uh, over a really deep bowl and then poured everything through it and then just let it sit. And the whey will drip out into the pan in the bottom and you'll have this beautiful chev on top and you could add herbs to it if you want or salt, mm. um, but we have it and we're gonna add that to the top of our soup. Well done. There we go. We got a bowl of soup and let's put some of this pesto on top. Let's get a little lump of it right there. And then a dollop of this goat, fresh goat Honey. cheese. Mm. I'm going to lick my fingers and take a picture right now. There's some, if you do go online and look at our photos, uh, this bowl that it's in is actually a handmade piece of pottery by Craig Martell who's an excellent local potter. Um, he makes just beautiful stuff, and uh, I collect his stuff. I have a little, about four, four bowls, four plates. Okay, Brian, what do you think? Right, you go first. Do you like how it looks? I can't wait. A little taste, I'm try and get some of the pesto and some of the cheese I'm feeling in lucky, actually. I'm feeling lucky, actually, looking at this. Yes, this is our New Year's soup. I yep. completely forgot until you mentioned it. <laughs>
<laughs> We're so lucky. We've had wonderful conversation, and we have this whole new year to look forward to together and with soup. Hey, chamomile. We're eating soup over here. You can have some later. Okay. Mmm. Oh, my God. I know. Mmm. Oh, my God. What do you think? I am really tasting the clementine. It's subtle, but you let them soak overnight in the beans, and you really taste that citrusy. I'm just going to lift this to my mouth and the whole bowl and just shovel it in. And the collard greens are perfectly cooked. Yeah, I like them oh. just braised like that. Oh, my God. Heaven. Oh, we added a can of diced fire-roasted tomatoes. Right. And it um, probably adds a little bit of flavor, like in a subtle mm, way. Mm -mm. I'm proud of us. This is one of my favorite soups now. I think I'm going to have to go home and make it again and again and again. I, I really thought this soup was going to turn out well, but it's really good. <laughs> it surprised me. It's so delicious. I, I wanted to add that when David, my partner, and I cook, and if he's rushed or hurried or in a bad mood, it really comes out in the food. And I want to say that this is a bowl of love because <laughs> I had I had an amazing time just getting to know you more today. And it's clearly been infused into the soup as well. So uh, thank you. It's love infused soup. And I feel totally, I feel exactly the same way. It's, I can't think of a better way to start the new year than striking up an amazing friendship with somebody. Um, so I'm going to start crying. Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, prosperity, good luck, and may all of you get all of this every day. Peace, love, and soup. If you'd like to recreate this magical soup at home in your own kitchen, the recipe can be found on our podcast website. It was very easy to prepare. It was fun to prepare. It costs a little less than $20. Over a gallon of soup for less than $20. And the nutritional benefits of black-eyed peas are many. Predominantly, they're high in calcium, folate, protein, good fiber, and vitamin A. All of this for less than 200 calories for a cup of beans or a cup of bean soup. Thank you guys so much for listening to our first podcast of Peace, Love, and Soup. Tune in next month when we will be doing a soup for February. It's my birthday month. Happy birthday. It's actually the big five zero. Yahoo! Now, Brian, will you read to us that sweet quote? Are you talking about the quote that I got from my teacup this morning? Yes. Well, here goes. Before we close out the show with the song, Where is the Love by the Black Eyed Peas, I'd like to read you this quote. Let us be kind and compassionate to remove the sadness of the world. And then I'm going to add oh with soup. soup. <laughs> just like with any fortune cookie, you could just read your fortune. And those of us with juvenile humor, we would then put <laughs> under the sheets or something like that. At the end of it, you will be successful when you wake up tomorrow morning with soup. With soup. <laughs> You're listening to Peace, Love, and Soup with Tave Fashe Drake and Brian Delaney. The world on my shoulder As I'm getting older Your people gets colder Most of us only care About money making Selfishness got us Following the wrong direction Wrong information Always shown by the media Negative images